Life in the Trench. Most of them come from Hello? You play to win the game. Ooh, I'd have been down bad in them trench set ride with that stick. Brought my life out the trench. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. I just hope we can win a game. I'm in the trenches, relax. Pipe down, cause when you really came from the trenches, you was raised in the trenches. You feel like you trailblazed for the trenches. Mm. Trench warfare. I've been in the trenches getting rich. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. Welcome into the Trenches Dynasty League. Today, we actually have a special guest. We got Colson making his first appearance. He's one of the, I would say Colson's one of the OGs of this fantasy league. So say what's up, Colson, man. How's it going? Hey, motherfucker, where you at? He's on mute. Unmute yourself, <laughs> Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm back. I'm here. You know you're good. But, you're uh, good. We good. We good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, one of the OGs of this thing, man. Hey, go follow me on Instagram and all <laughs> social, media, uh, social media platforms against the norms, against dot the norms. Let's get into it. Perfect. All right, man. We got uh, today. What we're going to be doing today is um, we're going to have a little fantasy uh, philosophy debate. Um, we're going to be talking about luck versus skill today. And then, uh, after we finish that little debate, we're going to dive into a couple of recent trades that have happened into the, uh, in our league and debate those as well. Y'all got to stay tuned for that. Cause there was a very big blockbuster trade that happened. Um, all right, man. So I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Russ explain what this debate is going to be because he brought this up to me and uh, obviously this is something that we talk about a lot um, I have a strong stance on it and alright Russ go ahead what, what are we going to be talking about today alright can you hear me Yeah. alright so as you guys know like me and Sanders we go back and forth about fantasy like everything like we can't really disagree i mean not disagree we can't really agree on any type of philosophy like when it comes down to perspectives and fantasy the numbers how everything works out so for me i'm more based on the fact of fantasy like good fantasy managers is like a skill thing of you understanding like players tendencies understanding when and when not to play certain players just that whole entire perspective part of it. Sanders, he also understands that part, but he does put a lot of emphasis on what's well, a luck-based sport, which it, it is to a certain degree, but that's a portion of it. Like I break down, I break down fantasy into four categories, and I'm gonna get into those categories once we actually start talking about it. And then I'm gonna let you know Sanders rebuttal with why he disagrees with me, and obviously Colson will give his two cents on what, like which side he's more on and give his like philosophy also on how he plays the game of fantasy. Because I kind of just, I don't like when people bring up luck so much because it's kind of like, that's a given. Almost everything in the world is based off of luck, but we play this sport and this game. And if you want to give yourself a lot of props, when you win a championship, like, Nobody, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, you were lucky, you were lucky. I'm going to give that player his props for, or, I mean, that manager his props for 
properly like making, you know, transactions, trades from even from the beginning with the person's draft. So I want to get into that part. Y'all want to give anything before I actually get my spill on it? Like how I break down the fantasy thing? Um, no, not really. Um, I, again, I, well, yeah, I'll kind of touch on it. Um, I'll obviously, once you go ahead and go, I'll put out my philosophy, but yeah, you did kind of touch on it with like, we do agree on a lot of things, um, when it comes down to this philosophy thing. My main thing is, you know, when we get into, I, you know, explain why I believe so much luck's involved. Um, that's where I'll be able to, you know, expand more on it, but I, I want it to be clear that I still like when people do win championships, I never say they got lucky. You know, the only time I bring up like the luck thing is whenever, you know, I get called out for being bad the past couple of years. And I'm like, well, I just had bad luck the past couple of years. That's really the main reason I bring it up most of the time. But with that, you know, that aside, um, we'll go ahead and dive into more in depth of why we have the philosophy we have. So you can go ahead and go. That's all I kind of want to touch on before that. Okay. So basically is this. So, Obviously, you brought me into, like, the whole fantasy, like, world and the game back in 2012. And obviously, when you start playing fantasy, like, you don't really know what you're doing your first probably couple years. Like, you you get a, you, you gain a grasp of what the game is about within, like, the first week. And then you don't you, – obviously, as years go by, you start getting better and better. You start understanding it more, how to draft, everything. I remember my first draft in 2012, I drafted Peyton Manning, like – I had a top, I remember I had like a top four pick. I took Peyton Manny. And, you know, I'm thinking like he's the best quarterback in the NFL, like, or top three quarterback in the NFL. You know, he's on a good offense with the Broncos, like all that stuff. So I drafted him. And that wasn't crazy for me because I won the championship that year. Granted, that league was a lot smaller. And, you know, it wasn't as much competition as the league we're in now. So, Going from then to now, I actually have a whole new perspective on how to play the game. So, like, for me, I divide fantasy into four, di- like, four different parts. If I got a pie chart and it's, like, four even sections, I give the luck factor 25%. Like, that's a given. Yes, I give you 25%. But then there's 75 more percent, like, 75% more that we have to, like, divide up. And then my other 25%, I it goes to the draft. Obviously, a draft to set the tone of what your team will look like for the like entire season. If you have a good draft and you hit on certain players or you draft the right running back in the top five, like Derrick Henry that one year or Christian McCaffrey that one year, that that's, that could carry your team. Your second pick could also help you carry your team. But it also goes to like the sixth pick in the draft, the seventh pick, those wide, those wide receivers that nobody's really looking at, you could like hit on those type of players and it could help you like like carry your team throughout the entire season. So I give that percentage to the draft. Then the other percentage is trades. You got 25% for trades throughout the season. There got some people that don't really trade. We have certain players in our redraft league that don't, they don't really make trades like that. They have their draft and they stick with the players that they have in their starting like in their starter roles and they got their players on their bench and they only substitute those players. They they rarely ever make trades. Like, you don't see them, and that's really Johnson. So I think that's his fault when he doesn't, like, get the job done or he has a good team but can't, like, make a playoff run or he gets knocked out in the first round because he doesn't have – like, he doesn't know how to, like, move on for certain players that aren't, like, living up or he doesn't know how to, like, 
trade players when they're at their highest value. Like a wide receiver three who's performing as a high-end wide receiver two is like, okay, we could foresee that. That's not going to last. You need to get this player off. You need to trade him, whatever the case may be. So I think 25% goes to trades. And then the other percentage is roster management. When you play certain players, when you don't play certain players, when you have a bench player, when you have a starter, like let's use an example for like A.J. Brown. And if he's going against the Patriots and you know the Patriots defense, they lock down key guys on offenses. You might have to contemplate taking that player out and playing a, a, a high-end wide receiver three on your bench. Maybe, I don't know. I, don't, I really can't think of a good example right now, but you got to contemplate playing that guy over A.J. Brown. But some people be like, well, I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to bench A.J. Brown. He's A.J. Brown. He could go off any given day. But that's what separates certain fantasy managers from other, uh, other managers. Some people are willing to make that risk and say, you know what, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm going to bench my second-best receiver on my team or my, my best receiver on my team to play this bench player because he going against, he's going against the Jets. Jets' secondary is completely trash, you know, so he should have a better game than A.J. Brown going against the Patriots. So that's how I break down fantasy. I think, San, I think you, Sanders, I think you have, you put a, obviously you have a higher percentage with the luck thing, and that's where we separate because I'm like, the luck part comes with the game. You set it, you see what happens. If, that, if those players do well for you and you win one week, then that's just the outcome. If they don't, then they don't. But I don't, if they don't do it, I'm not going to say, well, I was just unlucky or the team I went against, you know, they just, let's just okay, let's just say the players I play, right? I'm just going to break it down. The players I play, they, I walked out that week with 118, 119. 118, 119 in a half point PPR or standard league, because we don't play full PPR. So half point standard, I mean, half point or standard, 119 should win you a week. If they, if you lose that week because a team you went against put up like 132, I'm not gonna really say like I was unlucky or that team was lucky or whatever the case may be. I'm gonna just be like, what, what could I have done to get my team to that position? I'm gonna look at his roster of the players that he played and see well which players carried him to score 132. And I know how I play fantasy in my philosophy. If he has a certain receiver on a certain team or a certain running back on a certain team that I know I normally wouldn't draft or play on my roster, it lets me, it tells me like, hey, maybe I should change my philosophy slightly and play players like that, you know, because they can go off for this amount of points or they can do this on any particular week. It widens your, your overall knowledge and philosophy when it comes down to fantasy. So I wouldn't necessarily like say, damn, I played the best lineup I could play, but I was, I was just unlucky because I, I scored. I more take the role of what could I have done better, even though nobody on my, on my uh, starting lineup or my bench, I couldn't have done nothing to like replace any players to outscore him. I'm going to look at his team and see what he does or what he has on his team that I could kind of steal his philosophy because there's certain receiver, there's certain like offenses in the NFL or certain like teams running backs that I just don't deal with. Like, I'm like, I don't want nobody in the one, two committee. I don't want no receiver with this type of quarterback with a running quarterback, throwing them the football because it's going to be a level of inconsistency. But if he has Hollywood Brown on his team and I don't play uh, receivers who like have like quarterbacks who are really based off of like a running offense, 
I might have to like change my philosophy a little bit because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson can get the ball to Hollywood Brown and deep shots is a thing of part of his game. So maybe I might change my philosophy of going more with guys that could get those home, home run deep balls instead of possession receivers. You know, that's all I'm just trying to say. Like, your philosophy is not wrong. I never said it's wrong because it's fantasy. There's really no wrong answers in fantasy. But I do kind of have a slight issue when there's a lot of emphasis on emphasis on like luck, 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 luck. And I'm not saying you're like, that's all you talk about. But there, it, it is a margin. It is a emphasis of yours. Like luck is a big part of this game. And I'm just like, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's part of the game. It's just not as big of a part as you try to make it seem. So what do y'all think about like me, my whole little spill? So, okay. So I agree with 95% of what you just said. Cause that, that's the misconception. Cause like, I agree 1000%. The skill part of the game is drafting. It is trades and it is start sit decisions and managing your roster properly using the waiver wire right like though that's the skill part of the game like that's it where i slightly disagree with you where you just said right there is like okay you put up 120 and somebody else put up 130 i agree with you with what i always i always do this as well i'm like what could i have done to beat him i do that as well right i don't always automatically chalk it up to luck i don't do that what I do is I, okay, I go to my bench and I'm like, okay, who could I have started instead? Now I will be critical to myself. I'm like, damn, I should have started. If there is somebody that would have outscored somebody, like for example, I'll give you, I'll give you a perfect example. When I played Reynolds week three in redraft, right? Again, sorry guys. We're, I mean, we're going to talk about a little bit of redraft, but this is a fantasy philosophy debate. Like this isn't really just bringing up redraft stuff. We're this is just a uh, philosophy debate. Um, so like we, week three, I played Reynolds. He put up like 145 and I put up like 139. That was that crazy week where like Aaron Jones needed to get like 40 and he got like 36, right? And if I would have started, I didn't start DJ Moore that week. That was before DJ Moore really had started breaking out at the beginning of the year. I, at that time, I had like, um, I forget who my watch. I had like Mike Evans and somebody else and I didn't start him. Um, but if I would have, then I would have beat Reynolds that week. And I am critical to myself to that aspect, even though I think you had Allen Robinson. Yes, that's correct. I had Allen Robinson still at that time. That's correct. Um, and again, I think DJ Moore had a tough line. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I didn't start DJ Moore. And if I would have, I still would have won that game, even though, you know, Reynolds put up 145 and I put up 139 or something like that. And like, I, again, I am critical of myself. Like, damn, I, I did something that I could have done better as a manager and won that game. So I am critical still of myself of that aspect. But when you, when I, if I were to have looked at my lineup and I were to have seen, okay, if I put up like 136 and I look at my lineup and I started the best, most optimal lineup, I don't look at the other team and I'm like, damn, what else could I have done? As soon as I look, because I have my own philosophies and I am, I do, I have my own philosophies, but like, that's it. I'm not going to look at somebody else's team like, damn, what are they doing? Because I, and the thing is like, I'm not just stuck in my ways because I do kind of change year in, year out. Like I've gone from the two running back system to wide receiver first in drafts to two running back systems. Like I've changed, you know, I've kind of maneuvered in different ways when it comes to like uh, adapting to the game. But I don't agree with that part of where like, what else could I have done if I got look at somebody else's roster and see you know, if they're starting a, a certain type of wide receiver, should I start doing something like that? I, I just personally don't agree with that because I, I just think that I have my philosophy. I'm just going to stick with them. Um, and 
so when it comes to the luck factor, right? When I when I go into saying my stance is, and, and again, so I I put about fifty percent, or I might go forty nine skill, fifty one luck. I think that's going to be my stance on this, right? And the reason why is again that forty nine percent skill is exactly what you said and what I you know said that I agree with you at the beginning. You know, draft um, ah. trades. Uh, draft trades and start sit decisions. I agree with that a hundred percent. That is the skill factor of the game, but the luck factor, right? The reason I put that at a 51 is because you can do all those skill things absolutely flawlessly and still lose the game. And that's why I edge it skill edge luck over skill, because if there's anything right to where if, if there's a, a game or anything that, in poker is a good example, right? Like obviously the people that are really good over a long period of time, they always are the ones that win. But the worst poker player in the world can beat the best poker player in the world any given hand just because the cards that get dealt to them. And that's the luck factor of it, right? So the the re like I said, the reason I put fifty one forty nine is because you can do everything perfectly. And again, and I know your caveat to this is like well, then you didn't do something perfectly if you did lose, right? I, I I understand that aspect of it, but at the same time, you're only dealt one well, you you pick your hand at the very beginning of the season, right? You you draft your players and then you're the one that has to maneuver every single week, right? The reason that I put it more so on luck is because you can make literally almost every single perfect move. Like last year, for example, um you brought up um what's his name? Johnson. He had like one like an an incredible draft, right? And his team, he didn't really have to make any trades. And again, yeah, you can say that like he still should have made some type of move, right? But personally, in my opinion, like I don't really think he really needed to. I think his he never got really any injuries. His roster was dominant. I mean, he was number one seed going into the playoffs with no injuries. There's not really much he needs to do to change, right? And then he goes into the second round and he gets beat. And he set the lineup that got him there, and, you know, it's a really good lineup. And there's nothing you can do whenever you put up the best lineup that you got and then someone else with a lesser lineup. Because the person that beat him had a lesser lineup, you know, at least one for one, and he still lost, right? So, like, that's and this is the last last little bit that I'll say. I'll give, like, one more analogy, right? Think of it like playing Madden. I know Nate said this in one of the episodes before when we were talking about when we were yelling at each other. Um, when he started using the Madden example at the very end, this is the best way to put it. If you're going to use Madden as an example, if you're gonna if you're gonna compare Madden to fantasy football, think about the way the way you would do it is okay. You're playing Madden, but you're playing on SimCast. You're only playing offense. You don't play defense. So you can sit here. You can score a touchdown every single drive on SimCast on offense, but you're not playing defense. You can't control what the other team puts up. So you can get the first possession, right? And then, you know, the second possession or at the end of the second quarter, the other team gets the last possession and it's tied going into the second half. And then they get the ball and they score every single possession and then they run the clock out and you lose because you don't play defense. That's always been my biggest stance of this luck factor is you can't stop somebody from doing something else, right? You know, you can, there are some strategies in which you can do that, which I do implement, right? Like, 
the perfect example of that is I did this in redraft last year where, you know, I was last three weeks of the year or the last three weeks of the season. I was, you know, I was in a fight. I had to beat Rowan and then I was playing Winstein. I made a trade to where I'm playing Winstein. I know I'm playing Winstein the last week of the season and Aaron Jones on a bye that week. I traded him Aaron Jones. So when I played against Winstein, his running back was on a bye, right? So you can actually do shit like that. And that's the only way you can really affect another team's lineup is making trades like that. You can literally trade somebody to somebody <laughs> when they're on a bye week whenever you play them in the future. And that's the, that's another very big skill part of the game. And I did that, and I still lost because Jamar Chase put up 50 fucking points, right? See, it's like, you know, you can do everything to some extent, right? You can do everything right and everything perfect, and it still not matter because you can't. Ultimately, you can't play defense at the end of the day. But what? But what you think about okay. this? Okay. Oh, yeah, Coach. Just, let me just say this. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll wait till you're done. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm gonna just say this real quick because I brought up Johnson. Like you, like Johnson's team was like the best team in our in our redraft league, and he was just like running like his points. Like he, his team was like really good. But see, I could I could talk it up. Your philosophy with Luck is really – he really, really played Luck fantasy last year because he didn't do nothing. Like, there was a weakness on his team. Like, there was one or two potential weaknesses. He definitely had a weakness at the RB2 position, but there was he had another weakness on his team also. But he literally said it, and he only replaced players on either if there was a bye week or if there was an injury. He literally made barely no trades. He didn't even really do any waiver wire transactions. Like he knocked out two of my on my on my pie chart, two of my categories. He literally wiped out. He just drafted and luck. He really didn't do no transactions. Barely any transaction, any trades. He really played luck fantasy last year. But I, it burnt. I, I could honestly say it burnt him though because. He had a we we all pointed out a potential weakness on his team that he never even thought about upgrading or addressing. Like he literally just ran it. But that's how he played. He plays fantasy football like that. Like I played with him in other leagues, and ever since he's been part of our league for like the past like four four or five years, he literally drafts, sets his lineup, and plays player. He don't care about he don't care about who they're going against. He don't care about none of that. For you for for the rest of us. We properly evaluate when Wednesday hits and the projections reset and uh, your players' opponents are updated or who they're going against. You look and see what matchups you like or don't like, and you start looking on your bench of who can I play to replace these potential players. You're evaluating the game at that point. You're taking out luck a little bit, bro. Like It's a given that when the when 1 o'clock games start, that it's out of your hands. That's a That's part of anything. Like... I'm talking about everything you're doing before. It. I agree with all that. No, 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 no. See, see again. I think there's a misconception. I agree with. I agree with everything you're saying as far as skill, and this is actually a very good point that I want to point out. Is I agree with you that the player, like for example, like Johnson. There's a reason that Johnson. That was the only time he's ever been to the playoffs. Is because he doesn't do the other things that are skill worthy. He doesn't do waiver wire really like that, and he doesn't do trades. That's why he's never been in the playoffs before. Right. What I'm saying is when you're a good fantasy player, when you when you utilize all the skill points that you said, right, draft, waiver wire and um, start sit decisions. Right. And trades. When you utilize all of those, you're going to consistently either be in the playoffs or in the hunt. 
right? That's how I define a good fantasy player. If you're consistently in the playoffs or you're in the hunt every single year, that's how you're a good fantasy player. But you have to utilize all those skill aspects that you said. I, I, we're not disagreeing on that. When you, first of all, when you say he uses the luck factor, I don't play fantasy football as a luck first thing. All I'm saying, I play the skill factors the exact same way you do. I'm just saying there's more luck involved. I just put more weight on the fact that there's more luck. We don't view it differently. I agree with you the same type of this the skill that goes into it. Now, I agree with you why that's why Johnson has never been in the playoffs before is because he doesn't use the skill pack factors, right? And the thing is, too, is like, well, no, that's mainly the main thing I wanted to say is like, if you're not utilizing all those skills, if you're not consistently in the playoffs and you're not consistently in the hunt, that's why you're you're not a good fantasy football player. If you're not doing that, if you're consistently at the bottom, you're you're not doing something. Like he, the only reason he made the playoffs is because he finally had a good draft. I mean, like let's, that's why. And it like he did good on the draft, and that's why he made it where he is. But next year, if he doesn't have a good draft, he's not going to be anywhere even in the hunt because he never makes any moves, right? So, you know, like. I just, again, I just want to make it clear that, like, I don't play fantasy football as far as, like, I have luck in the back of my mind. Like, oh, like, I'm just going to play and then, like, whatever. Like, this is all bullshit anyways. It's all luck. I don't think that, right? That's not what's in my mind when I'm playing fantasy football. All I do, what I do is, like, when I put up 150 and someone will put up 155, I'm like, I did everything I could do. I, that's ultimately, unless, well, first I look at my bench. I'm like, could I have started somebody over? Could I have maybe made a trade? Was I thinking about doing a trade? And if I would have done that trade, would I have won? Right. Or did I do a trade that was a bad trade and I would have won if I didn't do the trade? I do all those things. I look, I always am critical of myself. Like, damn, did I make the right move or not? But when I know I made the right move and I still lost, there's nothing I can do about that. And I'm going to go ahead and let Colson go. All right, um, this is this is this is my thing. I'm gonna set it off right now. Just my philosophy on fantasy, and this is this is this is basically on redraft philosophy. All right, because I've been playing it. For, I've been playing this more than this dynasty. Dynasty, we just got into it. Okay, cool. Put that out there. I don't care about draft like that. I always stated this with conversations prior to this podcast. I don't really care. I don't put too much emphasis on the draft like that. What I look, what my philosophy is, is what you do in the season. Because you can have a good draft. You can have a nice draft, but shit happens. What are you going to do as a manager? That takes skills. What are you going to do? Who are you going to pick off the waiver wire to plug into that spot that that you're lacking an injury on? It could be anywhere from running back one, running back two, quarterback, whatever. What are you going to do to address that? Are you going to do trades? It's a lot of things that uh, a lot of things that it puts the manager in position to do what they need to do. If you don't do nothing, then if there's bad results, then you got to eat it. If it's good results, then you just patient. But majority of times. You win championships with what you're doing in the regular season. Not because of how you draft. Because I look at draft as like, draft is kind of like luck in a way. You had a good draft. You had the, you, you, the players that you wanted 
fail to you in a certain t- a certain way and it looks good on black and white so you ride with that and it could and, and, and it and it could work for certain for it could work for a certain period of time or it could work the whole entire year on case of johnson but at but this is football football putting real life football to fantasy is about almost the same stuff going to happen what are you going to do what are you going to do when injuries happen what if your team is not clicking on all cylinders number wise okay i'm seeing everybody i'm seeing everybody putting this amount of points that's the average or this is the high or whatever what are you going to do and that's where for me i congratulate people uh managers that make the right moves during the season that got hit with a storm and they weathered it out i put emphasis on that luck is luck is like a cliche it's like a cliche we all know it's luck i'm gonna be honest with you uh sanders what you're saying the 51 to 49 percent that's cool but it could be perceived by previous conversations, even on this podcast and outside of the podcast, of what is the numbers, the emphasis you put on luck should be way higher than 51 or 49%. How you speak. And this is the reason why I say this, Sanders. And I'm this, I'm talking to you, Sanders. When certain conversations are, are happening and you want to defend yourself, you run into the you use the luck card. Use the luck card a lot, like well, let's well you can't control. Uh, I lost because everybody was snapping on me. Who cares? You can't control. Like it's luck. It's luck. You can't control. <laughs> right. You can't everybody control has. Ev- yeah, you can't control that. Everybody deals with it. Everybody right. deals with with people getting snapped on. What can what can you do? So as of me personally, if I'm in that situation, I'm looking at it as okay. This dude snapped on me on, on week whatever, week five, week six, or whatever it is. I'm either going to do two things: either I'm going to weigh it out, or I'm going to try to upgrade my team to get better numbers. I'm not going to I'm not going to dwell or say, "Hey, yo, he beat me because look how many points." It's luck. It's luck. Just like the, just like two podcasts ago, the situation where you uh, Russell was arguing and you were saying you were saying uh, my situation of me being in the playoffs and I lost her. I had a better team uh, than Rogers throughout the whole season, and all that, and Rogers knocked me out. You said, "Well, it was luck, kind of in a way." Everybody had everybody had a bad everybody had bad numbers that week. Me personally, as the person that's that lost, I'm me me my philosophy. I'm not going to. Oh, that was luck. I sat there. I said, "Yo, he whooped my ass. He beat me." And I was talking. I was talking mad trash. Russell knows. I was like, "Bro, me and Russell had a dialogue as of who you think um, are strong coming into the playoffs, or you feel as a threat." I said, and this is this is redraft. I said Winstein, and I had I said Johnson. I really don't look at nobody as a threat like that. Russell was like, "What about Rogers? Look at what Rogers doing." This I said, "Bro, I'm getting Rogers the fuck up out of there. He's gone. I'm getting him up out of there." 
I lost. I ate that shit. I said, yo, congratulations. He beat me. So that being said, I'm just saying as in certain conversations, I, I think as of now, you say 5149. But when con- certain conversations, it could be persuaded as of it'd be more higher as you put in more percentages on the luck aspect because every time in an argument, when you're, def- you're defending yourself, you throw out a luck, either the person was just bombing on me, that falls into luck. You know what I'm saying? Right. And or, so, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so basically. Or, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. yes, I uh, agree. But you say in, in certain conversations, it's only one conversation. The only time I ever bring up luck is whenever I get called out for being ass the past fucking six years in redraft league and that's, that's another one i that, was about to say no that's no no, no. That, that, that that's the right. only time that's the only time i bring up luck is any anything anytime i get referred to as being ass in the redraft league i say well i had shit luck and here's the thing is i bring up the facts behind why the the what has transpired the last six years has happened right so my my point is is like again and, and that's why i want to make all this clear Anytime that I've like said like it's over 50% luck because if I ever said it's like, oh, it might be 75% or whatever, those are like I'm shooting at the hip numbers. I'm not sitting there talking. I'm in the middle of a heated conversation. So I'm like, oh, it's like it's 80% luck. It's 90. It's I've never like I like when you really sit down and think about it, I, I will never take away the skills aspect from from fantasy. And I truly think that the skilled players in fantasy, they separate themselves from the bad players over a long period of time. Right, I I agree with that. There there can be there will be a difference, but any given year, somebody that doesn't you know that isn't doesn't research fantasy as much or play as much, someone that's never played in their entire life. Like for example, I mean it's a perfect example. Like Nate in the Dynasty League, Nate has played twice before. I've played fantasy since fucking two thousand eight. Right, like I I know way more about fantasy football than Nate does. Nate knows a lot about football. I'm not I'm never gonna take it away from him. I mean he knows more if not you know, if not more about football than me right but when it comes to fantasy football like this is why i say is more it's it's over 50 percent luck right and then again i'll say 41 50 that's my final stance you know that'll always be my final stance 51 49 i'm gonna i'm gonna stand there right but i but i've been consistent i've always said it's over 50 percent luck so that's why i'm gonna stick with a 51 49 right but this is the this is the thing if you pick, you can you can, you can go to a basketball stadium, right? And you can pick any random person out of the crowd that's never played fantasy football before, and tell them, "Hey, this is the rules. This is how you play." Okay, they draft a team. You know, they do some trades. You know, they don't even have to do trades. They can draft a team, set their lineup, and they can win a championship, right? LeBron James can pick anybody outside of that same crowd and put them on the basketball court and play one on one. He's not going to lose because basketball is more of a skill game, right? My point is, is like you can any. Joe Schmo that's never played before, if they can pick up something and just win, that's that's why I say it's fifty one percent luck is because anybody can do it. And but I'm this again, I'm not discrediting the skill aspect of it. I'm only I only use this luck shit as far as like as like ammo for an argument. Again, I truly think that like the skilled fantasy players are you know there's a there's they separate themselves from the people that aren't skilled, right? I'm just saying, like, I only use this luck thing as, like, 
ammo for the arguments that I have really with just Russ. Whenever he says I'm okay. ass, I'm like, oh, this is the luck thing. I never again. I'm never. You ne- do- you will never. You will never hear me ever lose if i if if i if i put up 140 and somebody puts up 150 and i'll, I'll never go to the chat like man i had some shitty luck this week i've never done that i will never just blatantly go out and be like man i had shitty luck this week right only when i get called out, i was like damn you fucking suck this year i'm like no well, i had pretty shitty luck when Jameis got hurt i had pretty shitty luck when someone put up x amount of points on me like and i only missed the playoffs by one game right like that's whenever i bring it up is when i get called out that's the only time i bring it up so basically, so basically, you only bring it. So you only bring up the luck card to discredit other managers, correct? No, no, I only bring up and like in an argument. I, you I said you I, only bring it in, in an argument when you and Russell. I, so hundred, I, I only again. I will. I still even even if it's not an argument, I still believe that luck has a big part to do with fantasy football. But I'm just saying the only reason, the only time I bring it up. The only time I talk about luck is whenever I get discredited for being a bad manager, and I'm like, "Well, no, like I've had shit luck." Like so that's you, that's the only time I bring it up. So, but do you th- do you do you think you bring it up? Um, you bring it up can be can sound like that you're discrediting someone's skills. Um, no. I can see how someone could mistake it as that is like if someone won like two like for example Winstein if he wins two years in a row I'm like you know a lot of luck has to do with fantasy and he'd be like damn like I just won two years in a row like there is it's more than just luck like I've done it twice I could see how somebody could take it but personally I don't really care how anybody takes it I mean it's just my stance on how I believe certain things but again like I said it takes a certain level of skill to be consistent that's the difference to be consistent takes skill that is for sure. I can guarantee you Johnson will not consistently go to the playoffs three years in a row, ever. If he continues to do what he does, if he just drafts and doesn't trade, it's it's almost impossible for him to go to the playoffs three years in a row. And again, that's the skill part of it, right? But he got lucky that one year to be able to go to the playoffs because he finally got that one good draft, right? That's, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, and like it's I said, I think, like I said, I think consistency, I think consistency pro shows skill. That's what I believe. So I, I will never di- like if someone gets one one-off championship. Okay, let's say White, right? White got one championship, right? Is it luck? I don't know. I haven't seen him do anything since. Again, I haven't even got one championship, so I can't really say much, right? All I can allude to is my stats, right? I've been to the playoffs five out of our 10 years or nine years, right? You know, I've put up consistently numbered. I've put up consistent points every single year. I'm always in the hunt. There's only been one season out of nine that I'm at least in the hunt, right? Only one out of nine, right? That shows consistency, right? Now, if you got other managers, right? Like, again, uh, let's say Reynolds in redraft, right? This is the first year he's ever made the playoffs, ever, right? He's played with us at least, this is at least his fourth season. I don't know, maybe five, right? He's only made it one time. That's not consistent. Now, he may have turned a corner, right? I don't know. Maybe something clicked for him now. So, like, maybe something's changing. Maybe he's starting to get better. And he's going to get more consistent, right? But the skill part, right, is you're going to have to be consistent over X, like a longer period of time. That's what I believe. Right. I mean, I mean, I see. Like I said, I, I see. 
I, I would not like one thing for sure. Like, yeah, we talk shit, we go back and forth. But one thing I do, I do respect that if someone has their opinions and they stand on it. One thing is for sure. When somebody stands on something, I respect it. I just don't like when people go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like your stance is, I'm standing that, you know, if I think something is luck, I'm going to call it luck. And I, I stand on if I don't believe in no luck factor. I believe majority majority of shit that you do in fantasy football is a skilled thing. And I stand on it, then I can only respect it, you know. I just wanted to have this conversation because it's like put it out to everyone who listens and to the, the world or whatever the case may be. Like this is how like I like that we all don't have the same philosophy. And that's what makes the, the game and makes it fun for us. But obviously our inner our inner inner talks of how we go in depth with the a championship you know you you kind of started this in the redraft league when i won that first championship and then i kind of did nothing for like the next couple of years you was like yo you need to make the playoffs you've been ass and you ain't been doing good and i was just like yo i, I like remember those conversations on three-way us me you and coast on three-way and i had to just shut up like i was just like yeah all right cool and I, I turned a corner, you know what I'm saying? I don't. I never like chalked nothing up to luck. I just kind of just ate it. Like, yeah, I just ain't been doing good. Been like two, three years in a row. I ain't make no playoffs. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta shake something up. And then from that 2016 year on, it was just like it was on from then. So, I mean, you know, like I, I respect it. I respect that you have an opinion. I just respectfully disagree with your opinion. Like I respect that you have one and you stand stern on it, but. I feel like when we, every day when you wake up in the morning, you go to work and you're just chilling and you start to like look at your roster and you're looking at who your player is going against. And you know, there's some weeks that is tougher than other weeks. Some weeks you look at your life, you go, I'm good. I'm running that and I'm done. But then some weeks you look at it and you look at who you're going against and you like, oh, they got all easy matchups and they might snap on me. What best lineup I could put on there, man? I'm about to pick this dude up off the waiver wire and play him this week or this this tight end on the bench, I might replace him for my starter because he got a better matchup because I got to maximize my points to the best mm-hmm. of my ability. Like, mm-hmm. that's all skill, yeah. thought out thing. You yeah, know? It, again, it, uh, yeah, I don't ever discredit that. And that's never been my stance. I still agree with that one. And I do that every single week. I do that wholeheartedly every single week. I've never discounted that and discredited that. I I agree with that 100%. Yeah, and that's, and that, and that's why I'd be so confused with your how much – Emphasis you put on love because me and you, we make the most transactions. Yeah. Like, we make the most transactions year in and year out. Like, there's, there's not a debate about that. We probably do the most trades. We add, drop but more than anybody in redraft. Like, that's just what we do. And I chalk it up when I fail that I, I put the blame on myself because when I put the blame on myself, it helps me in the future to make better decisions. I don't just like just be like, all right, cool. Like he outscored me. There's nothing I could do. Pat myself on the back for putting my putting the best lineup out there. I just I just more just eat eat like I just eat the wounds. Even though I know in the back of my mind, like man, it won't, it won't shit I could do about that. See, yeah, and I think the main difference of why I look at it that way is because if I because I know this is a numbers game, right? If I know that I did everything that I could. And you say, okay, I probably could have done this better. Or I'm like, damn, I'll just chalk it up or whatever. The reason I, I don't metaphor, like metaphorically give myself a pat on the back. I'm never like, hell yeah, I did good. I put up 125. Yeah, and yeah, I don't, I don't do it like that. But like, ultimately, yes, I'm like, all right, I'm still happy with what I did because I know in the long run, like if I'm putting up good numbers, 
the wins are going to start coming, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I did everything I could. Like, I can be critical of myself. I didn't start the right person, right? But, like, at the same time, if I did the right move, and, again, this kind of goes into the, the trades last year, right? It's the last. This is the last thing I'll say, like, in the dynasty talk, right? Again, uh, I, I 100% understand that all those trades didn't help me get to the playoffs, and that was the end goal, right? And that's how you look at it. Your stance is, the playoffs is all that matters and championships is all that matters. And I agree with that. I agree. But all you can do is put yourself in the best position to get there, right? And like I said, all the trades that I did last year, minus a James Conner trade, right? I put up more points with the people that I got than I would have than the guys I traded away. So I made better roster moves in season with those trades. And Yes, and that's where our philosophy changes. We're like, damn, those were bad trades. You didn't make the playoffs. And in my head, I'm like, those were good trades because I put up more points than I would have if I didn't make those trades, right? And then then you get into the dynasty aspect of it, and that's where it changes the script, right? And that's where I admit that I did bad. But that's I think that's the disconnect, right? You're like, well, this shit doesn't even matter because you didn't make the playoffs. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm happy because the thought, as long as the, the thought process was there and I got the results, your results are the win losses. My results are more points. That's the difference. Because I know if I keep consistently put up more points year in and year out, and the thought process is there, the the wins are going to come eventually. Because I can't control the points put up against me. That's the 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 thought. Mm. So it's. I mean, it's. Hey, yes, to, 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 be, to be continued. Because it's. I mean, you know, when we go into this new year, we'll you know. As we, we know we're gonna have our debates. This this is gonna be a forever thing. Yeah, there's gonna be some things where you're gonna chalk it up and be like, "Bro, that was lucky as hell." And I'm gonna be like, "Huh?" And then there's gonna be times I'm gonna be like, "Bro, you could have did this and did that." Like this is a forever thing. But everyone who plays fantasy football who played it for years, this is a this is a regular debate between many fantasy quote unquote experts and. Regular players like that right. I hear talk on Twitter or just in person that this is really a thing. Like a lot of people talk about this, so you know I think it was cool for us to like cover our perspectives and other. There's others in our league that kind of will side with you, side with your point of view, and side with my point of view, and that's it's gonna be a forever thing because we said it and we have to see what happens. And that's though that's one thing that's never gonna change in the game of fantasy. Like you're gonna set your lineup. And you have to literally watch and see what happened. You can't not control. We can't control none of these players, but we can't control who we sit, who we start, and who we sit. And that's just where I leave it. If Coach, if you got something else to say, if not we could, you know, transition to. Yeah, it's just. I mean, hot topic. I, yeah, it's just like, like I said, man. I, I, on my take on it, man. I always I put a lot of emphasis. Me personally, I put a lot of emphasis of what you're doing in. The regular season, yeah. Because a a lot of a lot of people fold when it's a lot of people in our league that managers in our league when shit gets bad they fold. Hell yeah, that's just what it is. Yeah. They fold bad. Either make why, it, why, either, why, either, why, why, they, why, 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 either either they, either they not either they <laughs> either they not make either they not making trades. Or they or they're making too many trades, or they they not they not me. picking the right they not picking the right they not picking the right um 
people off the waiver wire. It's, it's so many different ways to skin a cat. You know what I'm saying? Some people just can't do it. And like I, like, like I said off this podcast, and I even told Russell, I was like, man, I always, man, y'all two had a debate about, like, when y'all two be going at it, it's very entertaining. Because you have one guy, like when it comes to the injuries, like the like the injury type of situation, one guy saying that, hey, I dealt with uh, so many injuries and I made it to here. I made it to the playoffs. And you have one individual, Sanders, that's you, that, okay, I dealt with an injury, one particular injury and tried to put it together or make it as equal as what Russell injuries and they're not the same and you didn't make the playoffs but I, 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 so we, we don't like, need to bring <laughs> we so don't need to bring that back up but but the but the fact but the facts are wrong but again so, and again I never you know I never fully talked about all the trades that happened or injuries that happened to me that season because like ultimately like again I was just defending myself like it because like when and you know when Russ said he had injuries, I'm like, I mean, they weren't that bad, you know, because he had like three major injuries. They were to his like two main running backs, right? And then he had Adam Thielen. Those were his, and then his quarterback. So he had his quarterback, two running backs, and then a wide receiver, right? The running backs were Rob like Gronkowski. The the yeah. yeah, but the running backs were like three to four weeks, right, a piece, and they were at the beginning of the season. Uh, well, Dalvin Cook was at the beginning. David Montgomery was kind of at the beginning slash middle, you know. The quarterback situation, I mean, you you got off scot-free with that one, so I'm not even going to count that injury. I mean, you got Matt Stafford for free. And then you got the Adam Thielen one at the end, right? What I was – my point to say was, like, with that Robert situation Robert. is, like, when I say I lost Robert Woods for the season, the reason that was such a big deal was because when you lose a guy for the season, you don't just lose him in your roster and you have to fill him. You lose all the value in that guy too. I couldn't trade Robert Woods at that point. Even when he lost David Montgomery, he could have traded David Montgomery or when he lost Dalvin cook, he could have traded Dalvin cook and filled in that role. I couldn't do that anymore. Now let's look at the other thing. It wasn't just him. You remember Lamar Jackson was out a lot in that exact same time period. He was sick and he was hurt. And then the same thing with Aaron Jones, my starting running back, the same thing. He was hurt. At the same time, so it wasn't just that, and it, but it was my my point was his injuries were earlier in the season, so he could have got more shit done, and that's what he was able to do. Mine was at the end of the season where pretty much people had their lineups figured out, and I had to make shit work later because all my injuries happened at the same time at the end, and I lost a guy with all his value. That was that because I never really fully had that open up about all those injuries because I was like, whatever, like I'm not going to beat this dead horse. Cause I'm personally, and again, I I'm tired of talking about last season redraft and, you know, dynasty. I didn't make the playoffs in either one of them. The only time I ever do is cause you know, I, I you know, I have to put up some type of defense, right. I, I, or I could just, just ignore everything, which I need to start doing. But, um, but yeah, let's go, let's go ahead and transition. But, but I, I would say this, I would say for the transition, I'm, I'm to clear this up. I was using that as a. I'm using that as of saying that once a person had dealt with a lot, a lot of injuries, and he made it to the playoffs. And I respect that. That's off of that's off of skills. I put emphasis on the skills, the right skill, the right things that you're doing in the season to get you to where you at. 
that's what I put the it's not even about who got the most injuries or none of that. It's just that he did what he had to do dealing with all these injuries throughout the period of time of when he was dealing with them. And it got him to where he was at when he ain't supposed to be there dealing with the injuries he had got. He ain't supposed to be there. So I that's that I classify that as skill. That's good skill. That's GME. That is that's where it that's where it matters to me. That's where the emphasis is at being a GM's being a good GM, because if you don't be a good GM, you could find yourself not making the playoffs or 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 not making the playoffs or being at the bottom of the total pole. You know what I'm saying? That's what separates the good GMs and the bad GMs consistently. I agree. I, I agree with you. I agree with what you just said right there. That is the skill. And I agree that ma- maneuvering injuries and getting W's and helping yourself win the playoffs is the a major skill aspect in fantasy. And I agree with that a thousand percent. This That specific situation, I <laughs> I'm not even gonna bring it up. We're just we're not gonna entertain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're done. We're done. We're not. We're not gonna talk. We'll open up another box. Uh, yeah, we've already talked about that clip. before. But um, but all right, man. Let's go ahead and dive into this big blockbuster trade. All right, we had a massive trade. So the Boy. defending champion Nate Soprano, um, he traded away Justin Jefferson, and in return. Mm. He got mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle. He got the first round, fifth overall pick this season in the 2022 draft. And Not enough. Reynolds, Not enough. Reynolds' first round pick <laughs> next year in 2023. Um, I am. You know what, Russ? I want you to go ahead and go. I'll I'll go Man, after. Why me? Why me? I'll go. Why I'll go. Me? I'll go. I'll go. Let I'll me go. get. I'm, I'll, let me, Let me go ahead and take. Let me go ahead. Uh, yeah, you go I'll ahead. Go. And go first, I'll go. I'll go. This is my this is what this is what I think. This is what I think. I got my clip. Let me go reload my drink. I think that reload your drink. Reload. <laughs> reload. Because I got a fully loaded clip. Yeah, I'll be who you tell it. I got a I, I got one stashed right here. It's sitting right here. I, I, say, ahead, I already I already wiped it. Go I, ahead. I personally think that this was a really good trade for Nate. And the reason I believe this is because, number one, he just won a championship, all right? So, in theory, he could not win for the next three to four years and it not fucking matter, right? So, that's number one. Ultimately, I, and I get it, this is, we're we're oh. in, unchar- listen, we're in uncharted right. territories before. We've never played Dynasty before, right? We've never played Dynasty before. So, when the big trade like this happens, we got to put it into perspective that what immediately goes into our mind might not be how it's really going to work out at the end of the day. And the reason I think this was a really good trade for Nate is because he just won a championship, right? He, It's easy to sit here and say, like, why would you even play next year if you're not going to be competitive, right? If You know, it's like, what's the point? He can start building for the, you know, the next three to four years right now. So, anyway, so let's just, one for one, let's dissect just, just the trade. Justin Jefferson for Jalen Waddle in two first rounds, right? I personally believe that Jalen Waddle is going to end up being a consistent wide receiver one year in, year out, right? He finished at wide receiver 13 his very first season in the NFL with, um, and I'm going to go ahead and pull up his stats because I want to get everything right. I don't know if he missed any games or anything. But anyways, he, I know he finished at wide receiver 13 
Um, oh, that's right. I got to go to fucking Nate's team now. I'm used to going. I wanted Jalen Waddle. That's why I, I'm. I knew he was on Reynolds' team. Um, history game. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he, he played. Was he, he played. Uh, he missed one game too. Yeah, he was wide receiver thirteen, and he missed a game. Um, sure, you can say that Justin Jefferson has a better quarterback situation. Number one, yeah, sure, you can say that. Kirk Cousins didn't he just sign a one year deal? I think. Um, I mean, we don't know. Could, am I wrong there? Or did did Kirk Cousins get a long term deal? I thought it was one year. No, nah, right? he got a one. He got a one year deal. But I mean, that's, yeah. Um, so. Okay, I think Jalen Waddle is not a big downgrade. You know, Justin Jefferson is a clear-cut wide receiver one. I think, you know, if you draft Justin Jefferson next year in like a redraft league or whatever, you know you're going to get anywhere from wide receiver one to wide receiver eight. That's what you're going to get if you get Justin Jefferson, obviously barring injury. I think with Jalen Waddle, you're going to probably get anything anywhere from wide receiver seven to wide receiver 20, right? So there I will put a little bit more of a roof on that just because he only had one season so we don't know the consistency level of it but if Jalen Waddle comes out next year and just completely breaks out and ends up being like the wide receiver eight right and then Justin Jefferson just continues what he does and becomes wide receiver six you basically have the same guy you have guys that are literally both like well I think Justin Jefferson is a little bit younger I think well Jalen Waddle's 23 and um Justin Jefferson how old is Justin Jefferson um, they both young. Yeah, they're both they young. Both young. Yeah, he's twenty two. So he's twenty two. Yeah, really twenty three, no twenty three, twenty two. Right. So my point is, is like Nate just won a championship. He's gonna basically. It's almost a lateral move. Yes, Justin Jefferson's a little bit better. Obviously, not well. I mean, little bit. I mean, what? Uh, he as of right now, he's a lot, a lot a bit better. I guess you can say. Right, but <laughs> but I'm saying with Jalen Waddle's potential, Jalen Waddle could end up being no Justin Jefferson. This could be a massive move for Nate because not only does he have two first rounders, so he could basically get the same player. Like Jalen Waddle could turn into Justin Jefferson, so he could be the same guy, and he also has two first rounders now, so he could turn those two first rounders into two more Jalen Waddles and Justin Jeffersons. Right, like he has two first rounders now, so. It could be massive. Like, he basically, even if Jalen Waddle just continues to do what he does, right? Justin Jefferson ends up being the wide receiver one in fantasy, right? He ends up being the number one guy. And Jalen Waddle is consistently wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 15. Just consistently consistently the next six to eight years, right? And Nate also adds an RB1, and he also adds another wide receiver one. I mean, who really wins at the end of the day? I mean, that's kind of my stance on it. And Nate has that championship now. So he can kind of sit back and like, look, I'm going to add some draft capital and start building for the next four or five years because I already got one under my belt. So that's my stance. I'm, I, I talked a lot right there. So y'all go ahead. Y'all, What do y'all think? All right. Listen, uh, if you I'm think ready. you talked a lot, I'm, I'm going to give a full segment. And after this, I'm done for today. I'm going I'm to I'm lay this shit out right here. It's a big difference. There are certain things that you said. You said he just won a championship. Who wins a championship and rebuilds? Facts. I never Who heard does? That. Like that. <laughs> Who does uh, that? Everyone wins a championship and tries to repeat and repeat and repeat till they can't no more. I don't think the Rams don't look like they're about to rebuild. I don't. The Buccaneers didn't. They didn't win last year, and they're still not in rebuild mode. They're still going for it. You traded away. The best receiver in fantasy with the best trajectory as being the best overall wide receiver going forward in fantasy football. Like, and not to mention, because you you have clear-cut evidence of 
like this dude is going for like 13. He finished number four last year, right? You, he, he, his trajectory is going up consistently. And the only thing that's kind of stopping him from being a number one overall receiver fantasy is Adam Thielen getting touchdowns from him. Adam Thielen is probably going to be, this is probably literally his last year with the Vikings, for sure. After that, it's kind of like, what do you have in your hands? Like, you just don't, like, I understand getting, getting Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is a good player in return, but there's a gap. There's a serious gap between those two guys in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And he's betting on, well, hey, he could do, he could be this. That's fine. He's still not Justin Jefferson. And you, oh my God, like, I'm so like, it, this, this trade kind of got me so baffled because it's like, bro, like, he, like, Justin Jefferson, like, Devontae Adams last year, what do you think Devontae Adams would have got for? Like, what, what were you trying to get for him? Like, two first rounders, right? I was about to say. Yeah, that. yeah. And, you know what's funny is like now like sitting back because like I said I, I like I said I wish I would have never made the trade because the only reason I keep saying that is because I'm st- as time goes on I'm starting to realize player values more and more in Dynasty right and I I feel like I could have gotten you know that that exactly like I did I wish I would have gotten more so exactly what you know um, Nate just got is something like that where it's like Nate got more than I did but. But no, no, but but real quick, what do you what like at the time when you had Devontae Adams last year, you was basically trying you would got him off your team for two first rounders. I thought I thought he was worth three first rounders. I, that was my true thought. I thought he was worth three. I was shopping for two and to see what people were saying. But like whenever I yes, I would say around two or three first rounders. Yes, that's what okay, I was wanting. So I'll at the that. age that he's at, twenty nine years old, you want potentially two or three first round picks for him. Justin Jefferson is t- about to be twenty three years old. And is putting up like slightly under numbers than Devontae Adams at the age of 23 years old or 22 years or whatever age he's at. 22. So what is he going to be in two years? You know what I'm saying? It's like his trajectory shows he would be the number one receiver. At this moment, when you make this trade, his trajectory shows he'd be the number one receiver in fantasy going forward. You have to get more than that and more for sure players in return. Yes. Getting picks because picks are picks. We everyone likes picks until you don't hit on those picks. Facts. You get, you get back Jalen Waddle. This could easily look like a one for one. Very mm-hmm. fast, depending on what he do with those picks. And obviously, this is gonna be a trade we're gonna see who really won it three, four years from now. But as of right now, he loses this trade. You don't trade. You, first of all, like I told y'all in the messenger, I wouldn't trade Justin Jefferson at all right now. There's some players in the NFL that if you if a team picks up the phone and says, hey, I got five first-round picks for Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs says no. Right. You have, you yeah. have some players that say, you have some, you have some people that will say, what the hell, you got five first-rounders? I got Patrick Mahomes. I'm, he's not inconsiderate. Don't call me and ask me anything about Patrick Mahomes. Justin Jefferson in fantasy football for Dynasty is one of those players. You say, thank you for the offer. I'm going to sit on my guy right now. Where I slightly agree with you there is the only reason I can agree with you is because I have Jamar Chase. And I don't know if anybody could offer me anything right now. Anything to get him off your team. Ever. Like, I really don't think it's possible. But, like I said, I didn't win a championship. So that's a, that's my other stance. Is like I I think that and this is this is the one thing I will caveat to what you said. You said that when you win a championship, you're trying to repeat. 
I truly don't think Nate's team should have been there. We, I think we all believe Winston should have won that championship anyway. So I think Nate is almost, and again, I, I, I might be speaking for him here, and I probably am. He's probably going to be like, no, that's not what the fuck I was thinking. But like, he might have like, you know, was like, thank God I got a fucking championship. Let me get some value right now and reload my clip. But, but Sanders, think about it, bro. Like, I got that, but he yes. got there. He has two key foundation pieces. He did. He did. Justin, no, he don't have Justin Jefferson and Jonathan hold Taylor on, is crazy. On, y'all. I'm going to let y'all get it. He got yeah. it. Justin Herbert, Jonathan Taylor, and Justin Jefferson. That three by itself yeah. is going to the play. You, all you got to do is fill in the blank. Like you did, you you did go backwards. Like there's no like when we when we did our rankings, it clearly affected. And honestly, I look back at that it should affect it more. Cause I don't look at his team as a threat. His team could could easily not be in the playoffs next year. Like because Calvin really is not on his team no more. You know for this season, so that's already a hit. So why do you get rid of your number one receiver? I'd rather you have Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, and Michael Pittman. That is more of a playoffs team consideration than just having Michael Thomas and Michael Pittman. Like, you traded away Justin Jefferson. At this moment, you keep him on your bench and you wait because obviously his value can still go up. He hasn't even been the number one receiver in fantasy yet, which I think he will be very soon within next year or the year after where you could get more value. It's like, why you just won a championship. Sit on what you got. You got a first-round pick. You got a second-round pick. You have picks. Sit on what you got. Build on what you already have. Like, it's like one of them things where you, you kind of, like, are too hungry or you're too, like, oh, I can't two first-round picks and Jalen Waddle. You basically got three first-round picks. You basically got three first-round picks back for Justin Jefferson, and I still don't think that's enough. That's the crazy part about it. I look at it and say you got Jalen Waddle return. He could be a low-end wide receiver one. Yes, that's cool and all, but I have to see what you do with your picks, and also I have to see Jalen Waddle really equal up to Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. Because there that could be a difference. Justin Jefferson and Jalen Waddle, that could be a difference on what Nate do this year in fantasy, like what his team does. Because Jalen Waddle ain't putting up the production that Justin Jefferson, uh, Justin Jefferson is, his team's going gonna to find himself out of the playoffs. If you go from a championship to out of the playoffs, what are you doing wrong? Like, what are you doing wrong? Like, there's something you did wrong when you could literally – have been a team to build on what you already have with two foundation, three foundation pieces. Like, you literally traded away, like, <laughs> you literally traded away a foundation piece that people will want right now on their team to, like, get someone else that is somewhat of a foundation piece, but it's not a for sure yet, and some first-round picks that, I mean, we got to see what you do with it. Why not stay with what the for sure and try to repeat? Because you're saying you don't think he should have been there. I'm saying – I. He could have been. He could have went because he has those young players that were like top four in his respective positions, and a quarterback that was top four in his respective position. So all you have to do is add on that. Like I don't know. Like I think he tried to rebuild things too fast. I don't. I don't like his philosophy. I as of right now, Reynolds won that trade. As of right now, he got the best player, the best receiver in fantasy behind Tyreek Hill going into 2022, in my opinion. I think he would – I think as what it's looking like, he would be number two behind Tyreek Hill. He, I think he should replace Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is still a wide receiver one for sure. Like, I'm, I'm not taking that away. But I think he gave that away because of picks. I, 
it's like he played too. He played into being a real NFL GM too much and didn't think about fantasy football. But it might. But it might. Uh, let me let Colson go. Go ahead, Colson. Yeah, let, go ahead, let, Colson. You get something off. Man, they don't got nothing to do with him playing a real GM because real GMs wouldn't even did that move. Let's keep it real. We not no. We not doing that. We not. I'm I'm disagreeing to yes, that. Yes, they would. Too, yes, they would. Yes, they would. Real I don't think they would. Football, that's happening. They trading that. I'm, no, all right, but so this is this is this is a thing, man. This is a thing, but I'm not, no, nah, I'm not trying to, no, nah, I ain't, I ain't saving that boy. Let's just keep it like. Okay, Coach, so what say, do you think oh, Justin oh, Jefferson is going for in real football oh, right now? Nah, let's, let's do the fantasy thing. Let's do the fantasy thing. Let him hit the fantasy. Let him do the fantasy. Let me rap. Let me rap. I ain't gonna say too much because all the points have just been hit. What I was gonna say. So this is, um, this is a thing. That I see uh, a difference, and I I don't I don't really care for the trade that much on Nate's side. You could have got way more for Justin Jefferson. He's hot. He's hot. When something's hot, you try to maximize it. That's not maximizing it. Wandle, you don't know. How, okay, yes, one year. <laughs> I, I'm, I butchered his name, but y'all know who I'm talking about. But he had one good. He had one good yet. He had one good year. That's cool. And it wasn't even. And it wasn't even wide receiver. It's not even wide receiver one numbers. It's like wide receiver two numbers. Okay, off his first year. Okay, cool. We seen. We seen rookies have good years and they dwindle off. You know what I'm saying? For example. The wide receiver that was with uh with Cam Newton, Calvin uh, uh Kelvin Benjamin. Calvin, Kevin Benjamin had one good year and what happened? Injuries and dwindle off. So we seen this situation for sure. For uh we seen this. Okay. You didn't get it for sure. If you had Justin Jefferson, you could have entertained, keyword, entertained Devontae Adams. You could have under you could have entertained Tyreek Hill. You could entertain uh Chase. Entertain it. You could. You. It's other wide receivers. You could have got better than a. Uh. Uh. Not for. Uh. Not for sure. Okay. You may have to drop one of them picks off. You may have to take one of them picks away, or or dumb down the value of the picks, maybe. But you could have got a way more for sure when you a way more for sure. Getting away, Justin Jefferson. Well, you know, it's just sitting there in front of your face that he's he's going up. It's it's right there. It's no it's it's right there. And for some picks, if you want to run about, okay, well, I got two future first round picks. You not like, like I said, I'm not gonna put too much because Russell had hit the points that I already had I wanted to speak on. But them picks are not for sure. Two, and then two, you a champ, like what you're saying, Sanders, I disagree. You a champion. I don't know how he thinks, but if I won a championship, I'm trying to run that shit back. Run that shit, run that shit back. Give me my bag and give me everything else. I'm trying to run that back. I'm not thinking about re- rebuilding. Why I need to think about rebuilding? I'm the man over here. That's like having somebody come to your block. I- I'll run the block for a year and some new guy come over there and take you off the block. Okay, well, I'm just going leave the block and go somewhere else because I'm trying to rebuild something else. What are you doing? You hot right now. The streets is bubbling. What are pretty, you doing? That's a pretty good analogy. Uh, what are you doing so, here? Hey, man. So, look, I, I'll say this, and th- th- I think this is another thing when it comes to these trades. 
I think when it comes to these dynasty trades, one person is taking, you know, high reward, low risk, and then the other person could be taking an even higher reward but at higher risk, right? It's really, these trades are coming down to like, okay, the less risk went to Reynolds. Reynolds got less risk. He got two years of consistency. You know what you're getting from Justin Jefferson now. Nate took on the risk where he got one good year from Jalen Waddle and then two first-rounders. Those two first-rounders are risks. You don't know if you're going to be able to get something good for him. I agree with y'all there, right? But the upside is higher on Nate's side. That's that's the point. And the point is, and again, where I agree with y'all is, yes, right now Reynolds is the safest person here. But ultimately, think about it. Jalen Waddle was almost what Justin Jefferson was last year, right? I mean, he was year one guy, rookie, right? He's coming, you know, now he's on his second year. And what if Jalen Waddle repeats? Now he has basically the same value as Justin Jefferson does, right? So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yes, Nate took on more of the risk, but ultimately Nate can win here. I, I'm I'm just saying where like y'all are saying like, oh, well, you know, no chance I would have done this because like it's just an L like right now perspective which sure i mean no one's agreeing disagreeing that just jefferson's a better player right but nate could easily win this trade like ma- he could massively win this trade is my point he could but Jalen waddle but Jalen, but see this thing the thing about it is Jalen waddle finished number 13 uh what's his name finished he was six i think he was six he yeah top. yeah he was six no no Jalen waddle yeah but uh justin jefferson was top six yeah, rookie season and his second season. Right. So you you look at his trajectory. That's automatic right? wide receiver one. Yeah. Numbers. That, that's uh, yeah. not even automatic wide receiver one. That's elite wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah, elite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. No, no, no. I agree. What I'm saying is if Jalen Waddle finished at wide receiver 13 last year in the situation that he was in and then he comes out and he finishes at wide bro, even if Jalen Waddle finishes at wide receiver seven this year, people are going to be like, oh. Jalen Waddle's a very big commodity when it comes to wide receivers in Dynasty Fantasy. He's, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a very high possibility of that happening. Um, it Again, I, I, I don't disagree that, you know, Reynolds got the better player, but I definitely, Nate can win this trade massively, is what I'm saying. He can. He's he can, just going to have can. to do it. He can. He can. He, like He's just he going to have to do it win. now. He can win the trade. Um, I just, like, my thing is, you see my perspective I believe in the past couple in the past few seasons, Devonta Adams and Tyree Kill were top two in their own little like world, Bubble. and then every yep. other receiver was like behind them. I feel like Justin Jefferson is gonna be like top two with with somebody else and everyone else behind him. Also, I think he's gonna take over that Devonta Adams role. I, I, I'm just seeing the trajectory of him at this moment going into that position. So if you're in that tax bracket. You're worth three first round picks. I mean, he like basically did, he basically got that though. Jalen Waddle is a first round pick. Yeah, he is. A, that's why I said. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to say. I feel like you should just held on to ah, uh, just had. just stick with the guy with yeah. the value. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I see. Stick with what you're for sure. Champion. You just won a championship. You already still have your own for you still have your own picks in this draft. You breaking this shit up. <laughs> yeah, like why? How do you break it up so? Like how do you, how do you wrap your mind around getting rid of Justin Jefferson right now, going into his third season? That's where I'm at. That's like, <laughs> that's like getting rid of like why would you get rid of Jonathan Taylor going into 
his third season after his breakout second season, like people don't trade those players, bro. And it's like you didn't if you're gonna trade him, it needs to be where you just clearly want to trade that nobody can argue it. I I got the you. Fact that, the mm. fact that we can argue it is wrong. Like it shouldn't have never happened. And that you know, listen, and again, that's your philosophy, and that's a hundred percent fair. You can have your stance, right? But anything can happen, right? Like think about it. We just had we literally had that trade episode where we talked about my Devontae Adams trade, right? And I you know, it was Devontae Adams for Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt, right? Since then and I traded and I in return I got Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. Um, Pat Fryermuth in a second rounder and I actually turned that second rounder into Christian Kirk. So that's the thing is one week, like a week ago, that trade was terrible in a lot of people's minds. A week from now, Devontae Adams was on the Raiders. Tom Brady came back, which boosts Chris Godwin's value. And Christian Kirk is now the number one wide receiver with the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? So I agree with you right now. You, you're like, okay, why take the risk? Stay with it for sure. But any thing can happen like that's the thing about these dynasty trades where it's like at the split second the whole shit can change where like nate Jalen waddle becomes the wide receiver one justin jefferson stays where he's at like wide receiver four or six and then he nails both his number one picks and nate's fucking running through the league right so he took on the risk right i don't disagree with y'all there he took on the risk um but hey man i got a question for you so all right, we've seen where okay, so let's just say this. Obviously, the Rams they traded for Matthew Stafford, right? That's all in. They if they didn't win the Super Bowl this year, they're basically it was a it, it made considered a bust year. They basically have a three year window to win a championship. If they don't succeed in three years, obviously it's a failure. But honestly, even one championship is somewhat of a failure. I, I don't because and again the reason why I say I don't this, I don't agree with that is because ten years from now we're not going to give a fuck they didn't go twice we're going to be like they they got one yeah they yeah they got one that's yeah, that's, that's the 10 thing years, but that's ten years from now but that's also that you're just accepting mediocrity to a certain degree I mean that's because, fine because when you, you can, make that trade you're trying to for sure get one so they got one out of the books but that organization is looking like yo we could really get for sure two maybe three let's go for it like they're really like i mean like dive completely in i feel like that's where nate should have been with those young players he had like i feel like he kind of i just feel like he reset it too fast i just didn't i just didn't understand you just won a championship you should have barely you should just been like putting more like decorations on the cake right at this moment yeah like you it's like you fire. you shouldn't be putting no icing on the cake right now. the icing is already on you should be putting more Keep adding little decorations, sprinkles, some little chocolate chips, a fucking yeah. a married couple. Like you <laughs> should be doing that right now, bro. Um, he's fire. He's 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 firing the people that got him there. He's but, firing the people. He's firing the people that built the, that got him the championship. Justin Jefferson is a main reason. One of the main reasons, maybe two. He no, not even maybe two. He is number two because we know Jonathan Taylor went off last year. So he was the number two reason. And debatable, but maybe debatable, but him and Justin Herbert, but I give him number two. He's the number two reason for him winning the championship. Hey, think, Why hey, are you hey, getting hey, that? Hey, Why you think about this? Why are you what getting rid of him? Kept, what if he would have kept Justin Jefferson, right? Because obviously this this seems like a trade that Reynolds initiated, in my opinion. I don't know, 
to a certain degree. Maybe he could like elaborate whenever he uh, Nate could talk about it. But outside looking at it, it looks like a trade that Randall's initiated. I would have countered and been like, yo, I'm keeping Justin Jefferson. You're in rebuild mode. You if you're in rebuild mode, I would take Jalen Water for you and I would give like I would take Jalen Water for you. I'll give you Michael Thomas and I will give you a first round pick or something like you know what I'm saying? I just I just want a championship. I can't give you Justin Jefferson. I, I just don't see how he was able to accept the trade watching one of the key reasons why he won a championship get off his team. That's why that's where I'm like, wait, what? That's what I'm like. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that aspect of it, of like keeping Justin Jefferson and going, just if he really wants Jalen Waddle, try to put something else together. That, okay, I could see that where he could give up a bunch of shit and just still keep Justin Jefferson and get rid of like Michael Pittman, Michael Thomas, and a first rounder. If you really believe in Jalen Waddle like that, sure. And then still keep Justin Jefferson or do something crazy like that. But I will say that. I know for a fact that Reynolds didn't want to get off of Jalen Waddle, so I think that's probably. I, I I bet Reynolds probably went to Nate and was like, "Y'all, what do you want for Justin Jefferson?" And then like, that's probably how it happened because, like I said, I tried to get Jalen Waddle, or I you know I was interested in Jalen Waddle, and Reynolds like not getting rid of Jalen Waddle at all. Like he's my guy now, so I don't know. Yeah, that was yeah. But I mean, shit. Like I said, I mean, he won a championship. And and this is the other thing, like he got Jalen Waddle, bro. And again, he doesn't have to draft with those two first rounders. He could turn those first rounders into something again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we do have some dumbasses in our league that will take some first rounders for some whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the one thing I can say. Nate got some man. He got some first round picks on his half on his behalf that some dumbasses in our league will just give up anybody for. So. Who I mean, t- who you talking about? Huh? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's some little stupid motherfucker in our league that would take the fucking bait on one of those first round picks. One of y'all, not me. Keep some mm. shit to yourself. I mean, I give you, I give you something for one of the first rounds. It ain't gonna be what you want. But at this point, I'm gonna tell you this: get what you want for whatever picks or whatever the case may be. Because after the draft, after this season, we're gonna really know the value of picks. We don't know the value of picks right now. Yes. And that's where yeah. I feel like Reynolds capitalized to a certain degree. Yes, but I also think that it's also that's also going to depend on the draft class, right? Like, that's a big part of it. Like, that draft class would, like, last year with, like, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and even the year before that when you had Jonathan Taylor, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson. Like, there was a lot. It, the last two years have been crazy, and this year does seem kind of like a downgrade from those last two seasons. So, those, yes, I think it's going to – the draft picks are going to depend on the caliber of the class coming facts. out. So I agree. That's going to be a big part of it. Um, but yeah, man, any final thoughts? Um, now, Coach, think- do you have, Coach, do you have anything you – since you've been hearing on the past couple of weeks, like, um, yeah, yeah, because this is your first, yeah, it's your first time on the podcast. Anything um, that's been said these last eight episodes? Uh, yeah, this is this is my take. I'm a, my take on. I feel like on this podcast is a lot of emphasis on youth, 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 young, 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 young. He's this age. He's this age. He's 23. He's 24. He's young. He's young. He's young. That's cool to a certain extent. It's a different. I, I, I'm not knocking it. What I'm 
what I'm taking a stand on is that are you trying to win the like are you trying to win a championship? Because it's a lot of it's like a, it's a lot of things that's being done that I'm that's being done and being said in the podcast. It's like everything's runs around the youth, the youth, the youth, the youth. What if these like I look at it as what if these these youth guys or these guys in their first or two years don't pan out? It's the NFL at the end of the day. It's a lot of young guys that have the hype the first two years or going into going into being drafted. And then they may give you one or two good years and then they dwelling the hell off. We are talking dynasty because when you get in these young, you want to hold on to you want to you you holding on to the players because you like them. They, they're yours now. It's, 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 it's keepers. I get this person. He's mine for the years to come. So a lot of emphasis on the youths. It's like, okay, it's, it's no, the youth is no for shores now. And, and I feel like sometimes it could be bashed on the people that's 29, 28, 30. I'm not picking that because of at the end of the day, can they play? Can they play? Can they give you good numbers? Can they play and give you good fantasy numbers for, for, for uh, a young guy that you really don't know the consistency, you don't know what he's going to do, if, even if he does do good, how long he's going to do that. So I, my, my take is just as like as uh, I'm kind of not fond upon the youth, youth, youth talk and young, young, young. I'm more of on the balance and I'm more a little bit swaying towards veterans, the, 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 the veterans that's getting it done because I'm playing the game to win. I'm playing the, unless I'm having unless my team is just just terrible and you may not even find a, your team might not even be terrible. You may not find out how terrible your team is until two years. One year don't one year don't define you. One year don't define you as I got to hurry up and rebuild and look for you. You, you talents off of you being the worst team of the year. It's a period of time. Now, if I see. I'm fi- I'm finishing the bottom the last two, the last two and three years. Then yeah, I, okay, yeah, it's time for me to switch something or re- uh, 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 or um, rebuild. But other than that, it's a you play the game to win. I don't you I don't play the game. Me personally, my philosophy, I don't play the game to look for. I'm trying to set up my team five years from now with these youths. And get smoked every year, and then when we come on these po- come on this podcast, the next year we're gonna be flaming your ass on front of all these people that's listening. You talking about me, motherfucker? Because I <laughs> and just, no, and just in general, and just in general, in in general, Sanders, in general, I got you're not the only one that you're not the only one that that thinks like that. Like you, even 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 Nate. Even Nate, it's a lot of it's it's, it's it's ten people in our league. I know it's multiple people thinking you 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 just like it's a, just like right now the trend is draft 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 get draft picks get draft picks that's the trend right now and draft picks is side by side with youth. You're not picking draft picks don't equivalent to you picking a twenty eight year old dude out of Notre Dame. In the first year coming to the NFL, 
So you pick a youth. So youth and draft picks are the same thing. It's a trend right now. So all I'm saying is it's like I'm my philosophy of how I'm giving it up is pause is I'm not when the time comes for me to rebuild, it will come. I'm not thinking five years, four, four, three years. Let me gear my team up for three years because I could get my ass smoked the next three years and don't have no value in them utes that I depend on. And I can't even flip. I can't flip them for shit now. Me being a great GM, I find a way. But I'm trying to win. That's the part. That's the point. I'm trying to win this year. Yeah, I, I, no, I got you. I, I feel, I feel you on that. I, I mean, me personally, I think. I mean, I'm one of the youth people. But like, ultimately, when I say like I'm looking for the next five to eight years, right? I'm contending the next five to eight years. That's my point. Like, I've drafted young wide receivers, so I'm good for the next five to eight years. But I'm. St- Still, like for example, like that's what was my draft strategy going into the re- like the startup, and I was right on the fringe of making the playoffs, right? So like, it's I'm young, but the reason I'm young is because I want to contend for the next five to six years, and I'm going to add pieces during that time frame. It's not just I'm getting guys to build them to be good five years from now. It's I want to be good five years consistently instead of like two or three years from now. My veterans are gone. Now I got to figure out new veterans. That's my stance. It's like, I'm with you, but like at the same time, like I'm still fucking competing. It's not like I'm building youth and I'm bottom. Like that's, that's yeah, it's a balance. my thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a balance. It's a balance. It's a balance. But yeah, man. Uh, sounds good, man. We'll wrap it up there. Um, appreciate everybody for listening and peace.